0: Welcome, everybody to two legit a crit a tabletop role playing podcast hosted by two guys who failed all their disappointment
1: roles <laughs> oh it's depressing because it's true <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah
0: it, it's uh, yeah I, I figured that one was quite accurate
1: yeah
0: uh, yeah, yeah, and I think our listeners will will agree agree. They'll be <laughs> You know what? Yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Check. <laughs> my name is John Santana.
1: I am still Justin.
0: Hello, Justin. How have you been,
1: my friend? I've been good. Um we got to play some dice, as my daughter calls it. Um we got to do lots and lots of fun stuff. Um and yeah, it's been it's been pretty good. I had a, a birthday celebration uh yesterday, which was quite fun um and yeah just just all around had a pretty good week what about yourself
0: yeah same again been playing some dice Mm. um we had a um a good good session of fabula we did my attention was somewhat (laughs) um,
1: (laughs) divided shall we say
0: yeah my attention was somewhat divided (laughs) in the best fucking possible way
1: oh absolutely yeah. To the
0: point where I actually apologized to Gad. I just said, dude, I'm sorry, but <laughs> he gets it. it. He gets you, it. You may lose me here and there. <laughs> but yeah, it was a really, oh. really good, really good session. We had a good life. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a bit.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah.
0: Um other than that, we had uh session number two of Kingmaker. Mm. Which is fantastic. We started getting into the bit of a uh, bit of the nitty-gritty that is the um overland travel the the hexploration as pathfinder calls it where we got into all the camping mechanics it is very very thorough especially if you like nitty gritty mm. rules and what not
1: oh see i do that i might have to have a look at those
0: say one sunday every month you're more than welcome to join us
1: yeah i might have to because that that I I do like all that nitty gritty stuff and and getting getting really stuck into things.
0: Yeah, um, so when you when you're camping, um everybody takes a role. Mm. Someone can cook and they make a either a a law cookery or a survival. If they succeed, then gives them uh, gives the party bonuses if they eat that food. Um you can reinforce your camp, which gives you bonuses in case there's an attack. Mm. It is very, very um detailed
1: yes, in that I, respect. I really like that because it, it feels a bit more and I, and I hate saying this when I'm talking about, you know, TTRPGs, but it feels more real. Like and I hate saying that because <laughs> it's not the point, right, at times. Um but I think it, it's it's one of those elements where the the kind of campsite portions of a, of a game always became a bit stale because it was just, yeah, we're going to set up camp here and, and yeah, next day.
0: <laughs> I do suppose it's all down to the type of game you're running. I mean, True. Kingmaker, by definition, is a nitty-gritty mm. campaign. You've got a lot of different management that you have to do. And that's by de- that's by default. Um, yeah. But if you went were to use, um, sorry, play another Pathfinder AP, they don't have any of that. So I'm I'm really kind of leaning into it for Kingmaker because it's there for a reason.
1: Yeah, uh, and I think like you, you nailed it there as well by saying like it, it's going to depend on the AP because there are some times where going that level of detail is just not necessary and and could kill the the vibe, you know um so i think it's definitely use it sparingly but if you use it lean into it or don't use it at all type thing um, yeah and,
0: and i do think if you use it then you kind of have to make it narrative you can't just
2: yeah
0: okay so we've camped up right you roll for this you roll for that you roll for the other instead it'll be a case of right you've camped up what's happening if they turn around and say no we're just going to go to bed you don't get any rolls However, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna cook a nice meal. Fair enough. Mm. Okay, let's roll for it. Let's see what advantages that can give you. You don't have to do it, you can go straight to bed and if there's a random encounter, there's a random encounter. Or if not, you wake up the following day.
1: Yeah. No, I, I do quite like that. It adds an interesting dynamic as well, because then you start looking at like, okay, well who's gonna be the best one in the group to maybe cook that meal and kind of they become the the chef right (laughs) yeah um yeah that's pretty cool i like that
0: yeah so it was it was a ton of fun um Mm. looking forward to next month as well i'm getting still trying to get used to this once a month malarkey (laughs)
1: yeah yeah once a month is tricky because like you get really into it and then you're like cool now i gotta wait a month
0: yeah, um, especially
1: when it's a campaign,
0: it's like ah, oh,
1: fuck. Yeah, I'm play this next week. Yeah, and I mean, I think as well. Like, I, th- I think biweekly is a good is like a good, uh, or not like a good break. I think that's like the longest break that I I feel comfortable with. That's probably not the right word, but I feel like any longer than that, and it's too long. Any shorter than that, and it can be a bit like too fast paced. That, so that t- like a two week between sessions, I think is like the the longest I would be comfortable going. If that makes sense.
0: I mean, for now we're two sessions in, it does seem to be ca- be working. Mm. Um, the monthly thing because when it comes round to game day, everybody's excited, everybody's sort of energized. Yeah, it's kind of they kind of do bring that to the table. Whereas sometimes when you're doing like a weekly. You know, to be fair, sometimes you just it, cannot be fucked.
1: Yeah, it can get tedious sometimes. Yeah, mm.
0: yeah. So for now, seems to be working. If there is demand to to bring it up to twice yeah. a month, I'm I'm up for that.
1: Yeah, man, that sounds good.
0: So yeah, it's been a been a good week. Fabula was mm. was a ton of fun.
1: It was. Um, and like before we we dive into Fabula, I, I'm going to mention this purely because Fabula's on the list. Yeah. I mean Um The finalists for the tabletop awards of twenty twenty three have been announced. And Fabulous Ooh. one of them. <laughs> so um,
0: Which which sorry, which awards are these? Cause are these the Ennies? Uh these are
3: it's just the annual tabletop awards. Oh. Ah.
1: Um, no
0: because we had the ennies not long ago didn't
1: we yeah so this is the the heavyweight champs just the straight up tabletop awards so this isn't just TTRPGs there's board games and that as well okay um, so there's three games uh, in the in the finals for best board game um, hegemony lead your class to victory queen by midnight and sky team I've not played any of those so I might have to check them out because I do I love not, a board game
0: I have not heard of any of those to be fair
1: the category we care about: best role-playing game.
0: Now we're talking. How many? <laughs> how many? How many? How many? How many, how many do Free League have because they have always got fucking finalist.
1: I don't know because they have not put who the publishers are. They've just put the names of the game. Oh. So I'll read off the list, and you can tell me if you know any of them. Okay. Obviously, Fabula Ultimate is on this list. Yep,
0: Fabula Ultima fantastic absolutely
1: deserves to be there
0: <laughs> um yeah. justin no, justin does love Fabulous. i mean I, we both do. do um so good <laughs> it's almost sexual for just
1: it is it is it's 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 just such a cool system but anyway we'll get to that later <laughs> um a system called animon story one i think you'll like barkeep on the borderlands <laughs>
0: Barkeep on the Borderlands. Yep. Interesting. Um, I'm going to have to Google some of these while you're talking about them.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Feel free. I'm
0: I'm thinking Barkeep on the Borderlands might be... Oh, who did the Borderlands? Was it Modiphius that did?
1: Uh, No, it's Prismatic Wasteland that have done this one. Oh. I've just whacked it into Google myself. Uh, It's a bar-hopping fantasy adventure... uh, amidst Mardi Gras-like festivities. <laughs> so it's a, it's a bar-hopping RPG. <laughs> I
0: could relive some of the times when I used to drink.
1: Exactly, it'd be great. Um, Blade Runner, the it, role-playing it, it game. It won't be
0: great. It's it won't be, be great. De- <laughs> it it'll <won't>. be depressing.
1: <laughs> well, you going out drinking is what got you into this. Just saying.
0: Fair. That is a fair point.
1: <laughs> ah. <laughs> Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, Blade Runner, the role-playing game, is on the list.
0: Uh, I do believe that is Modiphius. One second.
1: It, it sounds like the kind of thing they would do. Uh, Fox Curio's Floating Bookshop.
0: That Never just sounds adorable.
1: Uh, Ink. Nice short title for that one. My Mother's Kitchen is somewhere that I'm not allowed in. I added that last bit. My mother's kitchen is, is a game though. There's on the list. This Discord has ghosts in it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and women are werewolves. That's not a sweeping statement from myself. That is the name of a game. <laughs> you sure? You sure? You just <laughs> not being slightly
0: just misogynistic.
1: Just, just injecting some misogynistic politics into the podcast.
0: Blade Runner is free league apparently. I knew it was
1: one of them. Oh, it's, yeah. Um, but no, Women Are Werewolves is a non-binary story game where you explore your relationships to gendered spaces, family traditions, and queer family members. So the complete opposite of the joke we made.
2: Fair <laughs> enough.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are the, uh, the ones in the final uh, for best role-playing game. Um, I'm not going to go through all the others because there's stuff like best art, which... Whilst very impressive, um not something I feel either of us are particularly able to weigh in on um, no,
0: but it is <laughs> it is important to note that barkeep on the borderlands is,
1: is, in is nominated
0: for best Art. it is well.
1: it is indeed um and then yeah, publisher of the years uh 90 level games who make actually that women uh, women are werewolves that's them. So they've got two non-nominations in there as well. Good luck, Press, uh, Osprey Games, Restoration Games, and Snowbright Studio.
0: Osprey Games rings a bell.
1: Mm.
0: Why does Osprey... Yeah, I, th-
1: I think we've we've covered something that they were releasing recently,
0: I believe. Yes, yeah, so I'm just having a look now. Uh, yeah, we have covered something that they do.
3: Yeah. Uh the
1: website's not working.
0: Uh <laughs> oh. okay, I'm I'm on to their thingy. Urban decay.
3: Yeah, I can't recall what it is we We covered, but I remember us covering something.
2: Mm.
0: I will I will carry on looking.
1: But yeah. So, you know, uh we will obviously once they have decided on Winners in those categories, then I'm sure we will probably mention that again because that is it's always nice to look at things that have won awards. Um, you can still vote for the People's Choice Award, um, and re- voting is open until midnight GMT on the 27th of November, so people can go and vote there if they want to for whichever game. Or any of the other categories they wish to vote for.
0: I am loading it up as we speak
1: <laughs> to vote many times for Fabular Ultima.
0: One hundred percent.
1: As am I. Um, but yeah, so I thought that was that was pretty cool, um, especially seeing Fabular Ultima on the list because you know we've we've obviously been getting into it recently, um, and every single time we play it, I fall further and further in love with that system
0: yeah i mean admittedly a lot of that is is couch's game he's he's running an oh, absolute absolutely. blinder yeah and it is it is such a fun system it's you know which I, i'm sure we're going to talk about in a bit but yeah i do believe you might have a bit more
1: i do on the,
0: on the news front as on, the, it were. on the
1: news front i do so um, one that I think um, will make some people that listen to the show very unhappy, uh, <laughs> purely because of an interaction that happened in one of our uh, our games with a goose. Um, there is a new tabletop RPG, which is basically the Untitled Goose game. So I don't know if you remember that game that came out. I think it was like 2019.
0: I, I bought it for my son and
1: he <laughs> fucking loves it. Okay. It's that. But a whole game. (laughs) So I've I've read up a little bit on it. Um, It uses the Honk system, H-O-N-K. Okay. Which is amazing in its own right. Um, It shares similarities between 5e and Apocalypse World, but much more simplified. Mm -hmm. Basically, the whole premise of this game is we play as the geese, so same as in Untitled Goose Game where humans have just arrived in our world and we are not happy with this. And the whole premise of the game is the geese showing the humans how pissed off they are at their arrival in their world. And I love that. (laughs) I'm all for it. (laughs) And
0: it's... One honk before midnight, I do like yes. that. Yes. <laughs> right. okay. I need to find out more about this system. One
1: so honk. player characters will have four main stats that define their goose identity. Heroism, observation, nimbleness, and my personal favourite, chaos, spelt with a K.
0: Nice. Yep.
1: Um, so each of these stats will enable players to perform various goose-based actions with one person taking the role of GM or Goosemaster. I love that they've changed what GM stands for as well. Um, Who's obviously in charge of narrating and controlling all of the non-player characters. Um, Once players have created their geese, they can send them out to cause havoc and ensure the return of the dreaded Hydra Goose, the Feathered One. I am all for this. (laughs) So you get a digital version for eight quid um, or you can get the physical copy for 15 um, and the Kickstarter is running until December 4th, which means that you would probably get it... Um, oh, it's in April 2024. So yeah, so early, early next year, you'll get your physical copy.
0: I'm just out trying to find... To, uh, to see if I can find any more information on this Honk system. Um, I'm just kind of reading it and it's like... Perfect for those moments when you wish to live out your wildest goose-based fantasies.
1: Yeah, as I, I we, feel like it's been created purely for this.
0: <laughs> as we all have, essentially.
1: Yeah, you know. obviously.
0: Um, okay, so uh, One Honk Before Midnight is the titular adventure. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and... Inspired by awesome. wacky
0: systems such as lasers and feelings and honey heist... Okay, yeah, it's definitely one yeah. to keep an
1: eye out. Yeah, it, it, it feels like one of those ones that, like, if you've had, if, if, like, collectively, you and your friends have had a really shitty couple of months and you just want to let let loose the geese of war, so, pull us off the shelf. <laughs> so
0: uh, have you mentioned how well it's doing on Kickstarter?
1: I haven't. I, I think
0: you might want to mention that. But-
1: oh, I'm gonna. So they had a they had a goal of a thousand (laughs) pounds. And they've got just shy of twenty-one thousand already.
2: (laughs) Which is insane.
0: But I mean, even But their highest goal was five grand. Yeah. And they've just completely (laughs) smashed it.
1: They've absolutely
0: destroyed it.
1: Um yeah, so it's it's insane. And some of the rewards are just awesome. Um, the Honktacular. Um, so you get the Honktacular edition. <laughs> which is...
0: <laughs> I've just read it.
1: <laughs> the, uh, the Goose Hydra miniatures, which I want. I want a Goose Hydra miniature. I'm just going to throw that out there now. And I'm very, very, very close to convincing myself that £50 is worth spending. But then, the Honktacular, plus your custom goose.
0: <sighs> That's custom goose.
1: So for £150, you get everything you get in the Honktacular, so essentially, for an extra £100, you get a custom goose artwork of your own goose. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just awesome! <laughs>
0: and there are two left out yes. of ten of those. Yes. So that means eight people have spent Ow. £150 pounds <laughs> To get on cost this. a drawn goose. <laughs> I think it's fucking brilliant, to be honest. Yeah. All uh, right, let's have one hunk to rule them all.
1: The second print. So you get the second print of the one hunk to rule them all tier. It gets everything the same, but delivery expected a little later in June 24, and that's £300. Pounds which is insane.
0: And then there's a Honctacular Edition that's run out, I think.
1: Uh, yes. No. I think it, the, uh, the there isn't a limit on that one. I think the custom goose is because they have to get the custom artwork done. Yeah. So that's why they've put a limited quantity on that one, um, just because there is, they, they've got to commission the artwork, right?
0: Yeah, but like the one honk to rule them all, there's none left. Let's get all the physical items plus one colossal goose. The Chonka is a huge resin printed goose miniature with a wingspan of roughly twenty-five centimeters. Very limited number available, and they've got none left. Ah uh, yes, that but that's was what the 300 one. Pounds.
1: Yeah, but that's what the one one honk to rule them all second print is. And there's four left of that one. <laughs> so it, they're just doing a second print of the one honk to rule them all tier list um, so yeah execu- that's that's awesome <laughs> then there's
0: the executive pro goose an exe- an exec <laughs> it took me a second but I've only just fucking got one
1: oh my god you special special child <laughs> fuck's sake. (laughs) So yeah, as an executive producer, you will receive a special signed copy of the One Honk book, which is pretty cool. And then you obviously get all of the other cool stuff from the previous tiers, but you get a signed copy. But that's all gone as well.
0: And that's 500 quid.
1: Yep. Uh, Yep. And that's all gone. There was two of those and it's been, it's gone. That's
0: insanity. Good for them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Like, good for them. (laughs)
1: yeah, I'm, I'm finding it very, very difficult to stop myself from clicking the button.
0: Go on, do it. Um, Why is it always me that spends the fucking money? Go on. Get it.
1: <laughs> do it. Um, I have favorited the page and I will get it on payday.
0: Get your wallet out. Get your wallet out now. Do it.
1: I, I do don't it. have money to get my wallet out now, but I will get my wallet <laughs> out soon. But here's something that I think both of us are going to get our wallet out on. Hmm. Because it combines something I love with something that you love.
0: All right.
1: And no, it's not 5e and Pathfinder. (laughs) But it does involve Pathfinder. So, Munchkin, a series of games that I absolutely love and have several copies of. The creator of Munchkin has decided to revive the classic board game Revolution, but set in the Pathfinder world.
0: Yeah, I, I've I feel I've seen this yep. um quite recently. Now you you'll have to talk to me first about revolution because <laughs> I so, have got a fucking clue. Uh,
1: basically, the the game itself was it's it's a bunch of players vying for control of the factions within a city. Um, now they're changing what was in the core game slightly to fit, obviously the Pathfinder world. So they're doing it within Pathfinder cities and stuff like that, but the core mechanics of the game are staying the same. So basically the players will be trying to vie for control using things like blackmail and bribery and pretty much any backhanded means they can to, to take control of the city. Um, And they will have different factions that they will be leading in order to do that. So things like uh, the guild masters leadership, or um, maybe you're the head of the scholars or all these different factions. Right. Um, And you basically each round, the players will bid secretly spreading their resources around. And so you don't, you can't really strategize on like hard evidence which is what makes it really interesting for me because any game where stuff is openly bid on, it's very easy to strategize what you're going to do. But in this, you kind of, it's that whole, you can make a deal, but you don't know whether they've held up their end of the deal until later. So do you hold up your end knowing that they might not? And it it kind of adds that whole level of uh, like deduction to the game of trying to figure out like, are they actually going to do what they said? And I quite like it
0: yeah i mean it sounds it sounds as far as board games go quite interesting quite yeah um i think it yeah quite strategic mm. i mean i do like a a bit of strategy um but the from what I'm gathering it will be that the city in question will be corvosa. Yes. Which is, it's the largest city in Virizia, which is where a lot of Pathfinder adventures kind of either start or, Mm -hmm. or take place. So it is a, a known part of that world.
1: Yep. So, yeah. So they initially tried to launch a Kickstarter for it back in 2022, but the Kickstarter uh, failed. And everyone kind of then obviously went, well, it's just not going to happen. Um, but it's happening because Warehouse Twenty Three decided to just distribute it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair enough. Just because something doesn't
0: doesn't like uh, hit a a goal on Kickstarter doesn't yeah. mean there isn't value in it.
1: Oh, absolutely. And personally, I mean, I didn't even know that this Kickstarter was taking place. I probably would have backed it um, because it it does combine two things that I I do really like because I do like Pathfinder. It was what brought me into this world, right? And being able to experience that in like a a social deduction board game scenario is like best of both worlds for me because I don't have to um, try and change my brain from like the 5e to the 2e stuff going from, you know, D&D to Pathfinder. And I can switch off because in my head, it's a board game, not same. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean,
0: I'd, I'd, I'd be interested in it as a board game, even mm. if it wasn't related to Pathfinder. I do think that in this past year, Paizo's brand has definitely increased, their stock Yeah, has definitely increased, and I think that is probably what has facilitated this coming to light. Whereas, oh, people are now jumping on board the Pathfinder um, yeah. wave, so we can actually start investing. I mean, Paizo itself are, are making deals left, right, and center with all these other virtual tabletop brands, all these different ways of playing. Mm. Um, um, so I'm surprised that they haven't actually got involved with this other than licensing, but you know, if there is someone else that is, is actually wanting to distribute it, then fantastic.
1: Yeah. So I, I am definitely going to be, uh, keeping an eye out for that, um, when it releases, which is today.
0: Is it today on Kickstarter, or is the game actually released?
1: It should be arriving in local game stores and other retail outlets November 13th. It, it hit stores today. Interesting. I'll keep my eyes out for it. That went under the radar. Yeah, I might have to pop down to the uh, our, our local game like board game store and see if they've got a copy or if they can get hold of one and go from there. Yeah. But it looks awesome.
0: All right. Well, that's yeah, that's definitely something to, to look. Mm-hmm. Look into, and you know, maybe, maybe if you get it, we'll we'll pop around and we'll we'll give it a oh, whirl, yeah. as it were. But yeah, absolutely. Talking about playing things around at yours. Mm-hmm. The other day we had an amazing session of Fabula We did. It was so, so good. We we all brought in characters with one additional level than we had the previous mm-hmm. time. So, what did you think of Edgar's pivot? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean um it was something that I I wasn't expecting um but I'm here for it
0: so for context purposes when um Edgar is a a gunslinger and tinkerer and I initially was going to although I've, I've changed his his personality somewhat drastically mm. Um, I was gonna kind of go down that route and just carry on tinker and I had an idea. I had a plan of what I wanted him to be as as a like a tinkerer, sort of like an like a Robert Downer Jr. Iron Man, the yeah, Tony Stark yeah. sort of uh, sort of person. But due to our party being somewhat lacking in the healing department
1: understatement of the year <laughs> and
0: also the way i was playing him i decided to give him a very religious angle mm. um inspired by the boondock saints of all things
1: Ah, oh, yeah
0: so it. it was yeah it was a definite sort of that gunslinger who would recite a prayer before he yeah blew somebody's See, fucking face off.
1: When, when you were doing it though, my mind went to uh, Samuel L. Jackson in um, *Pulp Fiction* because he, yeah. he had that verse that he recited like before he you know killed someone. Did
0: not think of that even, but yeah, yeah I was, that, that, I was that's going where my brain more, went. More Boondock Saints, so mm. I decided to make him make his uh, his religious side somewhat official. So he is now essentially. A gunslinging paladin.
1: I love it. It's so which, good. Which
0: yeah, is is fucking good. And mm. I'm in, and I'm enjoying it as well.
1: Yeah. But your character, fun.
0: your character is is yes. definitely interesting. Good old Potato.
1: Good old Potato. Yeah. Um, so I, I decided that So in, in the session previous, there'd been a lot of um like one person protecting someone else going on. Um I think it was mainly Chris protecting you. I yeah. think it was most of the guarding that happened in the previous one, um, and what seeing you- that kind of self sacrifice, um I was like, "Huh, that's pretty a pretty good thing to do for someone." Um, so I took a level in guardian.
3: Yeah, and you
0: you use that. Yes, I you, did. You took advantage of that <laughs> something fist because you were getting slapped left, right, and centre.
1: I was, but you know what? It was so much fun. Um, so the the skill in Guardian that I took is a skill called Protect, which basically lets me whenever any other player is threatened, uh takes melee spell range any kind of they could take damage in this situation i can choose to jump in front of it and protect them from said said damage um now i don't have to do it before the roll so the roll can happen the result can be known and then i can go yeah i'll jump in front of that and honestly that was so much fun (laughs) especially when you pair it with my counter attack ability (laughs) It's like, yeah, oh, that's that- an even number. Yeah, I'm gonna jump in front of that one. <laughs> yeah,
0: that that was that was good. I, mean, I think I think Chris's character stayed as Tinkara Orator, didn't he? He took another yes. level in that. And yeah. what about Darrells? Did
1: uh, Grim? He continued down the same path that he was mm-hmm. on um, already, I believe. Um, and yeah, Grim. Grim has that that ability to like absorb spells is so much fun. Yeah, like, that's
0: oh, bri- yeah. I thought that was really interesting.
1: Yeah, it's like, monster does spell, I'm going to do it back.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I, me as a spiritistic, you know, I've got like one spell. Like, yeah. Well, that
1: sucks. <laughs> Whereas he's just like, every time somebody casts a spell at him, he's like, huh.
0: I'm going to learn that.
1: I can do that now.
0: <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he... He has to replace a learned spell every time. He's got a so maximum well, he can know or
1: something. Yeah, like so he can learn three at the moment, um, and to then to learn a new one, he has to forget one of the other ones. Um, but I believe as he takes more levels, he gets more learned spells as he goes up. So that, that ability gets stronger as it progresses.
0: No, it was it was a phenomenal session. And Ugh. that's it. I was distracted so for, for a decent chunk of it. Um, but it was, it was it was really fun
1: well the, the trippiest part for me was um, I, I walked out of the room and we were being escorted somewhere and when I walked back in the room dragons
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, yeah. That you walk back in it's like right, we're rolling for initiative get ready there are dragons I was, I was like huh <laughs> wait and we just—I mean, the the status bonuses that we racked up on those.
1: Fuckers. Oh, dude, they were not—they <laughs> were not happy. I mean, that one dragon. I think um, at one point the dragon was poisoned, weakened, dazed, stunned. I think the only thing it wasn't was—I oh, can't even remember. There's there's like one condition it didn't have. That was it. <laughs> that uh, poor dragon. <laughs>
0: and then it was also the guys as well, because it, it was because I having the yeah. highest ac of the party he was like i'm not gonna fucking hit you like no, eh.
1: which i'm not happy about
0: <laughs> was, what me having the highest ac
1: <laughs> you beat me by one <laughs> still beat you i know but it's fine um because the so oh, we also leveled up again as well so we get to add new Indeed, awesome goodness and
0: i am really struggling oh, i've, I've to decided one. what mine is I don't know, because obviously I can't take any more now. Nor can you. She's
1: no, saying, I know it. Fuck. I didn't know.
0: <laughs> but yeah, um I can only I can have to choose between Tinker and Gunslinger mm. or Spiritist, and I'm yep. really debating as to which I'm gonna go for.
1: So I've opted to go another level into uh my weapon mastery. Um so yeah, that that's kind of so I I now hit on a plus three with that instead of plus two that I had before.
0: Yeah, because that was one of the options. Probably take another level in Gunslinger Mm. and up that as well, so I can also hit on a plus three. Mm. There is one that, there is an ability, Gunslinger ability that is kind of cool. If I guard without protecting anyone, if I just guard myself, Mm. then I get increased damage on my next shot.
1: Ooh, that's nice.
0: Um, so it's currently um, skill level times two, I think. So yeah, I'm I'm debating.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's definitely like I I also love the way that the like the character building in Fabula is designed for multi-classing. Like you can't just one class all the way. Um, and it opens up to so many different ways of playing. Um like even just reading the rubric now like trying to come up with the next levels for Pote I'm saying I'm like oh that would be a really fun character and I start building out another character and I'm like oh that'll be fun as well and that'll be fun and that'll be fun um, so I've already got like the next I've got all of Pote's family members planned
0: <laughs> yeah there's the way it works being so modular mm. it gives you a massive amount of variety yeah. As to what you can do. And you can't take 50 levels of gunslinger. Once you nope. hit 10.
3: That's it. You're done. You max,
0: so then you got to go to the next thing. So yeah. I'm thinking about maxing one out and then trying to take another class, mm. but I haven't decided what yet, but we'll get there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be um, maxing out my um, weapon master uh, first, and then I've got some stuff in Guardian I want to do. Um, to finish off the the build I have in mind, um, because okay. there's there's another guardian ability, um, that basically when I'm protecting someone, um, so if I guard, it's kind of like what you were saying about if you guard but don't protect someone. Mine is when I guard someone, they gain resistance to all damage type. So even if there was a weapon like you know in the press start, um, the big bad in that had the weapon that could. Go Five through pass. even if someone is yeah. protected, so they would you would still have resistance to all damage types because I protected you. Okay, so, that, that sounds so that's so yeah. that's that's something that I'm going to lean into a bit later on, um, which would be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Um, <clears> just hoping we we get to play another session soonish.
2: Yeah, me too. Because it
0: because it is fun. It is you know it is, it is so another game for me to play, and it's so good. I'm enjoying being. Part a of a campaign. <laughs> not, I get to play when I do like society games and uh, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's, it's not the same not though. not the is same. It? I don't yeah. get to grow a character. I don't mm. get to kind of invest and kind of go. Well, how's my character feeling and and all yeah. this and and kind of bring out that and bring out that personality.
1: Yeah, I mean well, th- that's something else that I, I really like with Fabula though. Talking about like how that character's feeling because that actually plays into mechanics because how your character feels about the other people in the group actually is a core mechanic of it as well. Yeah. And I love that. That's so cool to me. Uh, you know, like the fact that, you know, I, I really like, you know, my character really got on with Grim, and I've got a really strong bond with him and seeing him do something that was a really cool feat of strength. When I fucked up my role, I was like, no, nah, I can't let Grim see me fail. And that gave me that re-roll to, because of, Fabular points, and, and not going to go too heavy on the mechanics there, obviously. But the fact that that is such a, a core mechanic of the game is really cool. That your your bonds and your feelings actually influence the mechanics is really cool. Yeah,
0: and and going back to Fabular points, um, the mechanic where you can influence the story.
1: Yeah, that um, was cool.
0: And it was because uh, I I saw the mechanic and I just went, I want to see how this works.
1: I'm going to press the button. I'm going to press the button. (laughs) And you you did. You pressed the button, and then, you know, we got a really cool moment. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, I did everything I could to protect her, but she still fucking died. You can't protect people from themselves. True. I tried. She jumped in front
0: of a fireball or whatever it was.
1: And you got a new gun.
0: Oh, that was so fucking funny.
1: And I got a new lance.
0: <laughs> so essentially, we there are two gunslingers in the party myself and, and Crow. Yeah. We got attacked by some dudes riding dragons with mm-hmm. guns. And yep. at one point of the combat, they both dropped, dropped them. their guns. <laughs> so Crow went first. He went and grabbed one of these guns. And the GM was Are you going to try to use the gun? Are you going to use the gun? So Crow decided not to. Probably wisely. <laughs> so me being me, went, you know what I'm gonna do?
1: Pick it up and use
0: it. <laughs> I'm gonna pick it up and use the fucking gun and see exactly what happens. And I think it was a pretty hard roll, but I managed it to, was. Su- to succeed and yeah, yeah. I got a badass gun.
1: Uh and then I, I got a really cool lance as well, because after they dropped their guns, they had these like really cool lances that came out of their arms. Um, so when we killed them they dropped those so I was like uh, yoink <laughs>
0: yeah, it, was a, it was a proper elbow moment <laughs> who, who dares wins
1: yeah um, but I mean speaking on that though right because there's something that I, I wanted to have a chat about right is you said something there that obviously Couch said during the session of do you try to use it <laughs> And I wanted to kind of have a little chat about some of those things that you've either said as a GM or you've heard said at the table of like, you know, the, so you, so you open it. <laughs> you can certainly try. Or like one of my personal favorites is what's everyone's passive perception? Okay. Yeah. You, you don't notice anything. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: I, I like that. So whereabouts in the room are you?
1: <laughs> there, or the, yeah, uh, that always. I, I, How's the party positioned as you're walking through this corridor? He's, he's going... Who's <laughs> opening the door first. Because <laughs> those are those sentences where when you're on the other side of the screen as a player and the DM says one of those, you're like, oh, 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 no. Oh, um, guys? Guys. <laughs> we're, we're dead. We're dead. Now, my question is, how often do you say those things just for fun? <laughs>
0: All the fucking time. Yes. Just it's so as, good. <laughs> as much as I can. Anything I can say to to create unease, mm. I I lean into heavily.
1: Or or another one I really love though is um when if somebody asks, like I, I'm stealth, right? Just to respond with you think you are.
0: Uh, second edition does that quite well because you've got the secret roles as mm. as a uh, like a codified mechanic. So things like stealth, the GM roles. Yeah. So what's your bonus? Okay. <laughs> and you yep. just kind of go, you, you think you're hidden.
1: As far as you're concerned, you're the ninjiest ninja that's ever lit- ninjied.
0: <laughs> and also like stuff like diplomacy. It's like, oh, what's your diplomacy? All right. <laughs> and you just kind of leave it hanging there. Yeah. No, so it does It does work. It it does kind of subvert the meta-knowledge, mm. which I really enjoy doing anyway, because it's just fun. I know I put something on threads about that. No, I actually did a blog post about using meta-knowledge to the GM's mm. advantage, and, you know, a, a few people weren't happy. They thought it kind of bred a bit of a toxic gaming environment. Like,
1: I, I, uh, I think the thing is, though, like, sometimes you have to because people people can't help but have something that said influence their decisions, right? Like, like for example, um, that incident with picking up the gun, right, when Crow picked up the gun. Let's be honest, if it wasn't for Couch saying, so you try to use it, he absolutely would have shot the gun. But the minute Couch said, are you going to try and fire it? You can see him go, uh, no. Well, I,
0: I don't know because I can't speak for other people, but I can 100% say that Couch saying that is what made me oh, absolutely. go and use the fucking gun. Yeah. 100%. Um. It was Couch's <laughs> heavily hinting that I went, I want to see what happens.
1: Yeah, if I die, and I die. I think it's one of those things where you know you, you wanted to go in and find out what happened, and obviously, when when Crow picked it up and that that was then posed to him, he was like, "I don't want to do something that's going to negatively impact the group, right?" Of me blowing everyone up because I try to use this gun, which was a possibility. We didn't know it could have been like the Judge Dread guns, right, where it's like hard coded to DNA and if you d- d- like somebody else picks it up it just blows up your hand that was a possibility
0: <laughs> there was one thing that you did I was like oh fuck's sake what um, at one point Edgar got hit I had 20 hit points left I got hit for exactly 20 hit points mm. so I was going down to zero and you did your protectability yes I was kind of going right I want to see what this fucking last stand does
1: Oh, I didn't! I didn't realize like, you had a thing for that.
0: Like, I want to! I want to find out what it does. Yeah, you, know, you know, if I lose the character, fuck it! I'm trying out this. Issue. And then you, protect, then you saved him. It's like, ah, oh, okay. Well, maybe next time.
1: Next time, I will let Edgar die. There we go. No, no,
0: you play your character, but like I said, at the time, it was. Ah.
1: I mean, in fairness. That is kind of Pote's whole thing of protecting the weak. And in that particular moment, you were pretty fucking weak.
0: <laughs> Holy shit, yeah. I mean, th- those things were dealing with damage.
1: Dude, they were. Like, I, I mean, like, Pote, I think, has the most health in our group. And I got reduced to almost zero, like, f- three or four times in that fight.
0: Yeah, and, like, because obviously the, the guys shot first. I think one mm. of them connected to one of you. They didn't hit me. They hit somebody else. And mm. it was like, okay, damage is all right. Then it was the dragon's turn. It
1: was like, yeah. fuck. <laughs> yeah, they, they were doing, like, 30 points of damage every round. And, we, like, as I said, I have the most health in the group, and I have 71. <laughs> I have substantially less. Yes. So 30 points of damage is a lot. <laughs> Yeah,
0: it, was, but, uh, it was a it was phenomenal so session, and I cannot it was. wait to play some more.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I am absolutely looking forward to it.
0: So, the other day, um, I have seen the interaction and the engagement, the engagement we're getting on threads mm-hmm. increase substantially. One of the worrying things was a lot of that increase came when I had a bit of a passive-aggressive dig at Wizards of the Coast. So that was it. That was a dangerous precedent to set. Yep. I had a dig, and then all of a sudden, I had twenty more followers. It was like, oh, people like this. But anyway, I didn't. I I chose to be the bigger person and stop there for now. <laughs> But what I did do is I kind of put it out to threads and just kind of said, you know, because we are creating this this wonderful uh, community of uh-huh. tabletop role players, GMs, creators, artists, etc. if you've got something that you want us to kind of have a quick look at and, and maybe give you a bit of a shout-out, let us know. And the response to that was incredible. Far more than we are going to be able to cover in one one episode. So we Fantastic. Are, so I think we're going to kind of have it as a bit of a, at least for now, until the well run, runs dry. New segment. It, just have it as a bit of a new segment. I, yeah. I think we need a name for it. I have no fucking clue what to call it. So Justin is now looking up into the air as he's thinking. <laughs> Uh-huh. So if you can think of the name of the segment, if not, send in a suggestion.
3: But, I've got nothing.
0: <laughs> no, i will got fuck all as well.
1: Um, I'm excited to see, though, because so you, right you've now, deliberately hidden all of this from me.
0: Right now, let's call it Thread Stuff. Thread Spotlight. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. I'm sure we can...
1: We'll but, absolutely come up with something by now, the end of the but that's it for now. We'll, we'll yeah. Have
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So, the first thing I want to bring up uh, this was um, presented to me by, as soon as Trello decides to load, uh, by <laughs> Z Turtle on Threads. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is called Ashen Frontiers, and it is by Scrub Oak Publishing. All right. So he sent me a free PDF, which basically gives you a bit of uh, insight into this, this broken world. Mm-hmm. And the land is covered by a great desert known as the Ash. The Tyrant's rise to power caused the sun to grow larger in the sky and great ruptures to appear in the earth. When the Tyrant rose to power over a century ago, he did so as an arcane apocalypse that destroyed all verdant life and turned most of the land into ashen dust. Ashen Frontiers is the story of the broken world of Pharaoh and its people there are still yet those who oppose the tyrant and they gather in a letterer city of like-minded individuals where the freedoms of speech and association are treasured and it is a really sort of rich setting and it Mm. is a setting that has been designed for both pathfinder Mm. and first edition
1: uh fifth edition fifth edition yeah
0: yeah and it is it looks phenomenal so i'm gonna have you got it on the Trello just to kind of I, check I out? I have.
1: I've, I've pulled up the uh, the drive through RPG page as well.
0: Yeah, and just like the artwork on the front is fucking it, lovely.
1: It looks really cool. Yeah. Um yeah. And it, it it goes again. It leans into that post apocalyptic setting that we both love.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do. I do have a bit of a soft spot for uh, post apocalyptic stuff. Mm. Um, I don't know I think to be honest I I think fantasy gets a bit too much I see a bit too much of it mm. um post apocalyptic because it is a lot more open yeah you know I I find that you can do a lot more with it regard whether it's intentional or not when you do fantasy you do kind of fall into the tropes
1: yeah, and I think it's because like it's it's what's comfortable, it's what we know, right?
0: Yeah,
3: exactly. Um, yeah.
1: And yeah, I think that's part of why I like you know the these sort of post-apocalyptic settings and stories and stuff like that, is because you have to take what you know and throw it out the window. You have no choice. Yeah. Because if you don't, you die. Like that that that's it, right? Um and the fact that this is like desert, like a setting and like a desert plane, and it's just, it's, it sounds really, really cool. And I have already clicked download.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah I did check it. I did actually look at, look at the PDF. And yeah. there is a lot in there. Like for a, for a simple free PDF, there mm-hmm. is a lot to kind of build upon. And yeah, we like that. So yeah, check that out on drive through RPG. It's called the broken world from scrub Oak publishing hmm Alright, so
3: moving on to something ever so slightly different. Um
0: both of us, we we like math rocks.
1: We do. We do, we do love do some like clicky clacks. Rocks.
0: We do like some. And I have found and I just need to kind of find who to attribute this to. Um, this is actually a cryptic crits on, on threads. They sent us a link to their website mm-hmm. and there are, they are some pretty click clacks. Oh, they are like the, the <sighs> Barbara Yaga ones.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I know a certain little girl who would love those.
0: They are fucking pretty.
1: They are, man.
0: Like I'm also looking
1: them. at the, um, the unicorn meat dice. Those look so cool. Holy shit, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I want to know what they... <sighs> I don't think these are resin. I don't know, because they're very, very sort of straight. that makes any sense, there's no curvature to them.
1: No, they are. They're, they're resin sharp dice. Re- so they've, they just are... got, they've just got some fantastic moulds.
0: They are amazing. I,
1: they are fantastic. I mean, and the, the inking on them as well.
0: I mean is. they they're going between like fifty to fifty five dollars mm-hmm. and but if shipping weren't an issue, I would see myself buying some of these, yeah, they are really, really pretty. I mean, I'm just gonna actually delve slightly into the shop because
1: <laughs> i I'm clicking buttons, the fact oh wow, you can even um. You don't have to pay the $50 up front. You can do four payments of $12.50 instead. Really? Yeah. So you don't oh. have to pay for it in one hit.
3: I want to know what shipping would be. Uh, I'm having a look. Shipping rates calculated at checkout.
0: Okay, quickly add to car. <laughs>
2: okay,
3: so
0: 70 7D pick. I'm, I'm taking a look at the Fairy Fire. Artisan Resin Sharp Dice. They are so pretty. All right, so add to cart.
3: Uh, continue to cart. <laughs> I'm
0: not going to buy them. I am not going to buy them. Liar. I'm not. I'm not going to buy them. <laughs> I, don't I mean, you. set of dice from the States. How much would that cost, realistically?
1: Um, It shouldn't be too bad for shipping, because it should be weight-based, right?
0: United Kingdom.
3: I've got a. Yeah, exactly. It should be weight based. So. I am typing
0: furiously. (laughs) I want to know. I mean,
1: while you're doing that, I mean, I'm just going to, like, talk about them a little bit more because honestly, these are some of the most stunning dice I've seen in a very long time. Dude,
0: $20. That's not bad. $20. So. Up, That's not bad. A total order, seventy dollars, and they are very fucking. They are
1: nice. beautiful. Have you seen the the astral seas?
0: I'm going back now.
1: <laughs> they they are they are stunning. They've they, got like a really deep blue and like a little hint of purple, and and they just look incredible.
0: Uh, yeah, purple is my favorite color, so I'm mm. I'm definitely into them.
1: Yeah. Right. We better move on before we we spend money that we we, don't have. (laughs) But I've bookmarked that page and I'm going back to it. Christmas is
0: around the corner.
1: (laughs) It it is.
0: But stood for interest (sighs) repayments of £12.50. That's
1: that's not bad. (laughs) No, $12.50.
0: Closing. Closing. Thank (laughs) you, Cryptic Crit. We are definitely...
1: I think You'll I will definitely be, purchase- be sending some dice to us soon.
0: Yes, I will be purchasing some of them <clears throat> sometime soon. Okay, so the next thing uh, this was sent to me. No, I did not want to do that.
3: Because <laughs> I want to know. Okay, I'm actually going to have to go on to
0: Threads to find out who sent me this, but it is a. A podcast,
2: mm-hmm.
0: another podcast. So we are, Ooh. um, we are touting the competition. Although this isn't really a fucking competition because they are far more professional than us, and it's an yes, actual yeah. play. All right.
1: I mean, if, if it was a competition, we'd be losing
0: <laughs> massively. Um, so this is Adventures Edge. It is a Pathfinder First Edition podcast. Okay, with some heavy homebrew rules um, put in, not only like a homebrew setting, but a homebrew homebrew rule set as well, which I'm going to kind of just bring up some of the differences. Um, So it's Pathfinder P6. They call it Pathfinder P6 rules. Um, And the summary of differences, right? So characters gain class levels from first to sixth. After six level, characters do not gain more class levels. They gain character levels, which grant 1 feat and 1 skill point per level, regardless of original class, plus the favoured class bonus. So this is like a high-powered mm. sort of campaign. Characters st- do still gain 1 stat point at 4th, 8th, 12th, and 16th. All spellcasters are spontaneous. So none of that prepared shit. So the yeah. clerics are going to be um, spontaneous as well. Yeah. Alignments have been removed. Fucking love that. Anyway. Woohoo! All right. It uses a simplified rapid experience point system. Races have been selected around the ten to fifteen race point range. Um, some of the fourth level spells can be learned as rituals. So yeah, it is a very very heavy homebrew mm. system. Started listening to it. The audio quality is crisp. And what I started listening to, it was very fae-orientated. Okay. Yeah, there was a fairy character and, you know, it was, like it was really interesting. Um, so if mm. you do want an actual play, to new actual play to listen to, check out Adventures Edge RPG. And I'm just literally trying to find out who actually sent that to me because <laughs> it's bothering me.
1: Oh, that's really cool. I quite like that. Um, you know, the fact that it's like, because I, I was just reading through like some of the the rule changes um, that they made it then, Like when you were saying about the, um, like the, you don't know, get char- like character uh, class levels post level six, I was like, well, then spell casters are going to be really nerfed because they're not going to get access to their later spells. But then they address that in a later rule change. And that was quite cool because that was my big concern. It's like, well, you've just made spell casters null and void by doing that right but obviously it they they're smarter than me and they had already thought of that
0: (laughs) yeah exactly
1: but yeah it looks really really cool um i also like as well that characters can roll on untrained skills at a minus five
0: yeah that is that is cool as well because a lot of times and i've noticed it especially in pathfinder where Mm. you know oh i can't roll that. Yeah. It's like, why do you give it a go? I mean, Pathfinder Second Edition, you can roll pretty much roll anything untrained, but for only certain things, which does kind of make sense. Yeah, you know, you can roll stealth to try and conceal something, but you can't necessarily roll stealth to, I don't know,
1: sneak the, up. The one
0: that like entra- sneak in somewhere or something like that.
1: Sorry, I ju- the, the one that intrigues me is there's no initiative rolls. I did not. Whoa. The very last line on um, the rules, like summary of differences, characters will not be rolling for initiative when combat starts. See combat for a more detailed explanation.
0: Each combatant acts in a preset turn order. The easiest turn order is table order. Clockwise, virtual games, turn order should be established with a visible round tracker and should be static.
3: That's quite cool. Um, Like,
1: because it's one of those things that it can sometimes get in the way of stuff, like not knowing where you're going. Because, like, some characters, like especially if you're building stuff for, you know with things in mind, some of that, you might want to go earlier in the round. Yeah. And this way you can kind of guarantee it. So a bit like like what we do with Fabula, right? There are times where it makes sense for me to go first and times where it makes sense for me to go last. And I, that's why I really like the Fabula way of doing that. But this is a, another really good way of doing it because then if you know where you're going, you can plan ahead of time. Like, okay, so they're going to be going after me, so I need I can do something to buff them up, but there's no point in buffing... Him up because he's always going to go before me. Um, I quite like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that that kind of works works pretty well. I mean, mm. like you said, Fabula itself is is a good example of that because again, we can we essentially choose the order which we want to take because it all depends on on how it benefits us at the time. Yeah yeah so that is that's definitely definitely interesting so it is definitely worth checking out yeah anyone who wants a new um a new, new actual play yeah a new actual play to listen to i would I would definitely recommend it um again, I was listening to episode one on my way to work the other day, and it was just it mm. was just really cool, and they do seem to have a a good sort of table dynamic as well.
1: I'll have to give it a listen.
0: All right. So, unfortunately, I cannot find who sent me that. I will post it in the threads. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, that's going to bug the shit out of me. But, anyway. Okay, have we
1: got time for one more? Yeah, we've got time for one more.
0: Yeah? All right. So, the last one is a Kickstarter. This isn't... This was... Let's bring up the Trello. Trello has just been a bit slew. Okay, so it's brought to my attention by uh, Rage Panda Pajamas on threads. Great name. But the game is by Mudded Waters Games on Blue Sky. Okay. This is called Deployment. It is a World War II tabletop role-playing game, which it, it seems to explore war in a like a non-glorified manner. Mm-hmm. So there are so there are rules for like the mental and the physical changes and strain that war puts upon somebody. Mm. I mean, the only I mean the way I could probably describe it would be like Delta Green, but without the unnatural yeah. elements. So you do have yeah. these sort of things that, that sanity, kind of, yeah, exactly as a sanity kind of mechanic. Um, but combat may have small wargaming staples as well. So it's not just necessarily a kind of a tabletop role-playing game. It mm. does have the, the sort of wargaming. I, I don't know what it would refer to as wargaming staples, but it would have that sort of certain elements to it. I'm assuming elevation might be one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking through some of the stuff they've got on the, on the Kickstarter page as well. It, it's also got things like um, customizing and operating vehicles. Yes, um, that
0: that really fucking got my attention. Yeah.
1: Do you want to put a flamethrower and grenades on a random car? Why not? I love that line. That's an amazing line. And for that reason alone, I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the... Looking at what you get as well in this Kickstarter, it it's incredible. So you get all of the um the, the core rules, obviously, a bunch of historic battles, unique vehicle mechanics, and a 30 session campaign. 30 plus session, obviously depends, I guess, on how quickly you run through a session, but that's that's a lot of content. Yeah,
0: that is that is a fucking ton. Mm. And like some of the, obviously, you've got the home front uh, tier, which is you just get updates and whatnot. But after about $10, $10 gives you a 50% discounted PDF copy of the core rulebook and the debriefers guide. Endless D for $15, you get the core rulebook. Mm -hmm. Then for front lines, you get the uh, mini campaign core rulebooks and a GM screen. You know, you. I mean, the the highest tier is only about fifty dollars.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, and, yeah, fifty dollars. Yeah, and that, and that gives, gives you the physical of everything.
0: Yeah, that gives you a physical copy, which is yeah, you know, which is pretty fucking awesome, to be honest.
1: And and Operation mini, uh, Barbarossa, Mini, even I can't read today. Uh, mini campaign. So for fifty dollars, you get a system, a DM screen, and a campaign. You can't fault that <laughs> no,
0: no it is I mean fifty dollars is 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 definitely worth it, and mm. to be honest, their goal isn't massively high they only want no. they're only wanting five hundred and seventy two pounds, and they're more than halfway there and still got twenty three twenty three days to go so if you want especially i mean because I know a lot of people who are world War two buffs. Yeah. Who would yeah. be, who really would be sort of interested in this sort of thing. So if you are interested, check out, it's called Deployment and there is a Kickstarter. I, if you're into that, I think it's definitely going to be worth it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It looks awesome.
0: All right. So I think that, I think, I don't think we're going to cram any more in. No. We do have questions to get to. We do. But next week we will shine the spotlight on some more and when we start running low i'll send out the bat signal again (laughs) because it it gives us something to talk about it It does hopefully shines a light on things that people may or may not be aware of and you know hopefully we can kind of grow this community together yeah so awesome shall we take a wander over to the couch
1: i think we shall sounds good to me uh do you have any questions for us i do I've got DOS questions?
0: I've also got DOS
1: questions. Ay. So, who's going to go first? Should we roll for it? <laughs> I
0: just grab a D
1: twenty. Oh, my dice are the other side of the room. I didn't think it was through. I've you roll lit- twice. I've this.
0: literally <laughs> got dice here. Okay, so let's get that oh, actually,
1: dice. What have I got? In- oh no, there's right, D sixes. You- all right,
0: can you see save- them? All right, so I've got two yeah. dice here. There's like I'll a take the blue one. You're taking the bluish one. Yep. All right, rolling for initiative. Okay, you rolled a six, I rolled a 16.
1: That sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Even when I'm not rolling them, I roll low. (laughs) So pretty much par for course, so I get to go first. Oh
1: god. (laughs) So
0: let's just have a look at the submissions. Okay, so I got two today, both of them from couch. Um, So the first one. Um, couch is back to the white box. <laughs> so he asks, with the rise of AI, how much could slash would you lean on it to help you with DM- GMing? GMing. DMing's a trademark. And a fucker. Um, I GM. I don't DM. Um, anyway. Sorry. I apologize. How... <laughs> How could spl- slash would you lean on it to help with GMing? Chat GPT has so much scope that it could write an entire adventure for you.
1: Would you let well, it? So actually, that that's it's interesting that that's a question because I saw a news story related to that um, this week that I didn't include just because I thought it, it's, it's a cool thing for in the future, but it's not quite ready yet. Um, one of the new versions of Chat GPT actually will have the functionality to teach tabletop role playing game rules so you'll be able to go in and like query a rule and it can tell you whether you're right or not or who's right so if you're having one of those uh actually moments at your table you can just plug it into chat gpt and it'll tell you who's right <laughs> no nope, that sucks
0: that 100% fucking sucks the authority <laughs> at a table is the gm i don't give a fuck I, what pt says
1: i think i personally wouldn't use it for that but that's one of the examples they gave i would personally use it more for if i'm like trying to come up with a concept and i'm like would that actually work i'd want to check it that's what i'd use it for um or alternatively if you've got a table full of new players you can just give them that app and because it's essentially it would be an app that uses Chat GPTM dropping stuff um like as its database in the background, right? Um so you could then rather than them having to stop the game every five seconds to you know query a rule or whatever, they can just type it in quickly. Personally, I would prefer them to stop the game and ask the rule to so everyone's on the same page. Um because it could also be something that somebody else at the table isn't aware of or whatever. But it was just, yeah, it was a new story that I read that was quite funny that that was a question. But how much would I lean on it for writing content? Um, I'm not going to lie. I do use it a little bit, um, mainly for fleshing stuff out because that's where I struggle. Um, So, like, I'll use it. So I'll know that we need to go to th- this town, right? We're, we're heading to this town as part of the story or whatever. Um. So fleshing out that town, like, I'll know roughly, like, it'll need a blacksmith, it'll need, you know, a tavern or two. Like, the things that it needs to have for story and whatnot. Um, But if I ever get into a position where somebody's asking questions and I can't think of something on the spot, cheeky little chat GPT, and now you've got a fleshed out NPC.
0: (laughs) I mean, again, I do use it, but I have basically used it to replace random generator tables. Yeah. that That's it, you know. Instead of rolling on a table to kind of figure out the the heritage of of an NPC, their personality, their yeah. looks, and this that, and the other way, it used to be roll, roll, roll. Now I'll just put it into chat GPT and go, hey, give me this NPC. Yeah. They're the things that are without consequence the things yeah. that are with consequence i don't trust it i i kind of do that myself especially story-wise i would never use it to write an adventure
1: do you know what would be quite interesting and I'm, i might i might give it a go just just to test Chat gpt's capabilities with like rules and stuff is see if we could get chat gpt to run a campaign
0: people have tried that uh um, have they? Yeah.
1: So well, I'll mixed. see myself out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know why you're not keeping up to date with these things, Justin. Um yeah, they have tried it. I have seen it on some of the Reddit forums. To a mixed bag, really. Mm. Something some of them people kind of go, Oh yeah, that that seems really cool, but then it kind of goes south whenever something unexpected would arise. It just kind of yeah. gets lost in itself. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I I would use it sparingly. When I and I do.
1: Yeah. So yeah, hopefully that answers that one. Um. Right. My first question is from Sci-Fi, uh, who is deep in the heart of Tesco's. <laughs> uh, he didn't have for me to sing it, but I can't read that and not sing it. <laughs>
0: I thought
1: the singing added a lot. Yeah. You know. um, I mean, it, it's obviously what was implied, but um, <laughs> so any ideas for making linked quest lines? Like, stop this bad thing happening. But to do that, you need this item. But to get that, you need to go to this place. But it's occupied by a group of X. So that that kind of quest chain, essentially. Like, any tips on on how to to build out that web?
0: I think you need to kind of rely on the logical. Mm -hmm. You know, start from the end and work your way backwards. And again, I've offered this advice many, many times as it's Mm -hmm. essentially how I build my campaigns. Start from the end and work backwards. Okay, Mm -hmm. so what is the end? What does the end look like? What is the final battle Okay, so now we've got what the final battle looks like. Okay.
1: How do we how do we get there? Who
0: are the players? Yeah. Then you've got this, who's the bad guy? Why is this happening? What does the bad guy want? And and you can just kind of work your way backwards to okay, so how does the bad guy what does the bad guy need to do to get to this point? Mm. And that's how you kind of create those those sort of stepping stones.
1: I, I think as well, um, just to kind of build on that, is don't make any of the steps in that chain something that the the person setting the job for you could have done themselves. Yeah. Because it, it's always going to kind of go like, yeah, but couldn't you just go and speak to Dave at the tavern? Why do I have to go and speak to Dave at the tavern? Because you've got um, away
0: with words.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, so I, I would try not to have, like, those, like mundane steps, for lack of a better word. um, Like, unless it is like, um, you know, it could be that they need to get information for the next part of this chain from the leader of a rival gang. Now, there's no way, obviously, that the leader of gang one can go and speak to the leader of gang two because if he steps foot in that building, he's dead on sight, right? So there they would have to employ somebody who's not affiliated to the gang to go and have that conversation. Um,
0: I will kind of jump in here um, mm -hmm. to suggest the, have the goals, but be prepared to move the goalposts. Yeah. So for example, if the objective is to gain information, right, maybe in iteration A, the leader of the Ravens has that but then the players do something and kill that dude off. Ah, fuck. Okay, so <laughs> Oh, the information is now possessed by the leader of the Jaguars. And just yeah. be prepared to move the goalpost. Yeah, yeah. So that the players can eventually reach Get the there. goal that they're looking for but without being railroaded into it.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think I think that's the key is is make sure it makes sense for them to be asked to do it. Um and, yeah, work, work backwards. Um, so work backwards, make sure it makes sense.
0: All right. I hope that answers that <laughs> question. Okay, anyway, so
3: another one from Couch. And
0: I think there is a typo involved here, but I'm going to read it as he's written it because why not? <laughs> Couch from the bowls of a corporate hellhole.
1: <laughs> love it
0: that may be a pun though so I will give true, him the benefit true, true, of the doubt okay so um, and he has stolen this from a video apparently he's actually put that in the question but what is your favourite magic item uh, item drop from a game and what's the most useless that was then abused to full extent in game I'm going to struggle with this one
1: Oh, I, actually, I think I even know the video that he's talking about. <laughs> um, So I, the one that was abused, I don't think I've really had any items that I've given out to a player that's been horrifically abused. I don't even think I've been in a game where something's been horrifically abused item wise. Mechanic wise, I've been in games where things have
3: been abused to fuck. Um. My
1: favorite item, though, I think would probably be um, stones of sending that one of my characters got given where he was originally given them to give like these these updates because he was he was meant to be looking after the party from a legal standpoint because they'd gotten in trouble and he'd been like assigned to essentially be like their parole officer, essentially. Um, So you had to like use these sending stones to send back reports. Um, and it, it created this really cool thing where what I would do is after the session, I would send a voice note to the WhatsApp group of my report through the Sending Stone. Okay, I like that. Um, so that that was quite fun, um, and uh, yeah, I would like you know do it in the character's voice and and all that sort of thing. So it was actually like a little bit of little tidbit. Um, so that was probably my favorite item that was ever ever dished out in a game. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I can't think of anything that was abused.
1: No, we play with people that don't abuse stuff, apparently. But
0: also, I think that uh, if something gets abused, it's because the GM's allowed it. Yeah. And sure as shit, that's not happening in my games.
1: Well, I think that's also part of it, right? If if we're allowing it, we're not seeing it as being abused fair because point. we're saying, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, fair um,
0: point. I. I- yeah, I concede to that. And yeah, so it could
1: be something that in another game they'd be like, oh, that that sounds like you abused the shit out of that, but like nobody else was like, we were like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I,
0: and I thought I was going to struggle with my favourite item, um, but I, I'm not. I know 100% what it is. When we were playing our first campaign,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I was playing Nahash, the, the bard. Yes. But I also took levels in Fighter because I wanted to be a bit more capable yeah so scott ported over a weapon from 3.5 into pathfinder and it was the flute sword yes so it was basically a flute that you could play and then it had a button where you pressed it and it just kind of transformed into a sword mm. i fucking love that item
1: that was cool. Yeah, that yeah, is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, one hundred. Shout out to Scott for that because it was amazing. Yeah,
1: I, th- I think that that's the kind of item as well that that always shows to, to me. That's the kind of thing that like shows a really good GM because he's giving something that's going to be meaningful to that character, not just a plot device, right?
0: Yeah, and it it, um, it became his headstone essentially. Yeah, you know, it was it was an identifying feature of that character.
1: Yeah, um, and I, I think that kind of thing is always just so cool as a player to, to be given because it just shows that it's not. Because I mean, let's be honest, right? A lot of the time when items are doled out, there's normally some kind of story reason or to give the players a uh, you know a, a bump in their effectiveness in combats because the combats are about to get harder. Or there's always like some kind of narrative reason for that item to be given. But an item like that, where it's pure flavour, really, let's be honest, um, is just so cool because it it is a unique thing to to bring in and and identify a character.
0: Yeah, that's de- definitely my favourite. So I mm-hmm. hope that answers your question, Couch.
1: Yeah. Now, my last question is from Syfy, uh, who is now lost. He could be here. He's written older, but then he... A few hours later, like three hours later, sent me a message saying he spelled Aldi wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, it was obviously meant to be. He's now lost an Aldi, and he could be here Aldi as an Aldi.
0: Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> that one was painful. That was
1: it was. Painful. It was. That was as bad as our segues. <laughs> was it though? <laughs> he asks. Any ideas for making intrigue webs with complex links between NPCs and characters or their families?
0: Been there and fucking done it. Um, (laughs) I did a murder mystery a few months back at this point Mm -hmm. in my homebrew where there was a, a deranged um girl who was madly in love with somebody and she was essentially taking out the competition but she was directly targeting people who were um exceptional in certain ways because the way she saw it was she would mutilate their bodies she would add these parts onto her and then become sort of desirable it was a very yeah. sort of body horror sort of thing yeah but i made a massive sort of web of intrigue that's probably the best way to to kind yeah. of, to kind of put it where everybody was in a way related to each other mm. where you had this the the killer was was somehow connected to a crime boss, the crime boss was connected to all the victims of the families because that it was the killer's design to shed the
1: the Sorry, um, I've, I've, I've got to explain why I'm laughing when you were going through the like the killer is connected to the like, <laughs> my, I, hey, go, you've seen it connected to the neck phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god, uh, the
0: killer is connected to the mob boss, the mob boss connected to the third victim, yeah. <laughs> No, that's fair. That is, yeah. We will, we, oh. we definitely
1: need to write that. <laughs> oh my god, that was not as funny as it was, but I found it hilarious. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think it was actually quite funny. Oh, but yeah. No, answer <laughs> <laughs> <to> the question. <laughs> um, I think it, it, again, it, it's for me. It's <laughs> it's um same sort of advice to the. The, the you know, from the previous question of sci fi's, make sure that the links are real, like they make sense. And there's, there is, like, it's not like, oh, that was my uncle's great aunt's friends, sister's dog's dog sitter who knew a guy at the pub. Like, that don't make those kind of tenuous links. Um, and also don't just like pull them out from nowhere just to progress a story, like a guy that has never mentioned family whatsoever all of a sudden goes, Oh, this is my brother. He's very important, but I've never mentioned him in the last eight years that we've been talking. Um, Stuff like that is, is a good way of doing it. So like having like when setting the scene and stuff like that, a good way of showing like a link between two, two people would be having like, I don't know, a picture on the wall of them together or just little things that you can, so subtly show that there is a connection here and they've known each other a long time. Um That if, you know, if probed, you can flesh out more, but you don't have to. Um yeah, yeah.
0: It's, it's definitely, again, you're kind of leaning on the logic of it. Yeah. You know, the, the connections have to be logical, like in the, in the sort of mystery that I was writing, Everybody had all the victims had a connection to the uh, mm. to the mob boss, but that was because the killer had designed it that way. The killer had made sure that these connections were made because yeah. it was all part of her plan. She was the one who established the connections so that when she finally went about her crimes, the immediate suspect would be him
1: Yeah. Yeah so I think I think that is is the important one is don't don't just pull a connection out out of your ass for lack of a better way of saying it um uh, and have like some real justification that could, it could also be something that was subtly said like eight sessions ago right you could subtly inject the seed and then eight nine sessions later when you have the reveal then you have that moment where the players go fuck we did know that we knew that how do we not see that and it it can create a really cool moment doing that as well
0: yeah definitely so hopefully that has answered sci-fi's questions Mm -hmm. and I do believe that's it for time I believe so so thank you couch thank you sci-fi thank you to everyone on threads who sent in their submissions we're going to carry on doing them we will come up Mm -hmm. with a segment name Yep, we'll figure it out threading the needle
3: Mm Hmm.
0: possibly um, I don't know
1: <laughs> we'll figure it out
0: <laughs> but Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out but um, thank you to you Justin for spending some time with me tonight do you want to tell people whereabouts they can find you on the internet
1: yeah so uh, I'm online in most places at Justin Accurate TV uh, and every once in a while I also stream video games over on Twitch at Justin Accurate TV on there as well um, and in the Facebook group and in the Discord server
0: Yep, so we do have a Facebook group. We have a Discord server. Um, I'm normally on there maybe a couple of hours a night mm-hmm. just on the Voice channel. Feel free to pop in and say hello. Tell us how much you hate us. It's fine. We're okay with it.
1: I do it all the time.
0: Yeah, we're used to it. It's absolutely mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> um, but also, you can find us on Blue Sky. You can find us on Threads at Too Legit to Crit. You can find me on Mastodon. Um, at dice.camp as Natural Juan. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a rating, leave us a review, tell your friends, let's get this out to more people, let's grow this and just let's carry on building this community that we are finding so welcoming and that we're enjoying so much. But more importantly, thank you to everyone who has taken time out of their busy days to listen to two absolute idiots waffle on about tabletop role-playing games thank you very much good night
1: see you later folks